Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Booze from the haters, point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah, watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah, get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one, let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if the bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause the bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to a bee. What's going on, everybody? This is the feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. So, game one was today. Um, the Sixers, obviously, home court advantage in the first round, looking to take a 1 0 lead over the Nets. The Nets have been a success story in the NBA this year, um, winning 42 games after, I think, being a 30 ish win team maybe a 28 win team last year huge improvement for them the Sixers obviously looking to make some noise and uh and get this thing done quickly because you want to get rest for the second round and um there was speculation that Embiid wouldn't be available turns out he was he played he he uh was doubtful yesterday but today at about 215 they announced that he would be playing and it looked for the first couple minutes that the Sixers were going to take um control of this game pretty early they were going to Sort of put the uh, put put the put the the work and the size on on the nets and um, dominate them, and then Brooklyn made three shots in a row to end the first quarter, two three threes in a row, and that was sort of like okay, they're out of the rhythm a little bit, got to get back into it, but the Sixers never really recovered. <clears throat> they went down by as many as. 17 in the second quarter, got it to eight by halftime, and then um, got it to four in the four, in the third quarter, and then Brett Brown made a made a big mistake. He um, he took the starters out when they were making a run and put because it was time for them to come out that they've been there for four, for four minutes. But when you're trying to claw back in a playoff series, you don't take the starters out. You just extend their minutes and reduce the bench's minutes and just overplay them because that's what you have to do. That's the playoffs. That's why. That's why guys have been resting the last week or so. Um, but he took the starters out. The bench came in and the lead ballooned back to 13. Sixers could never really recover. They go down 111 to 102 in Game One. Um, <clears throat> there is a lot to be disappointed about. The Sixers obviously played a really bad defensive game as they have these last couple of weeks, and they. They got, they got uh, Jared Allen in foul trouble really early in this game. He only played ten minutes, had two points, had four fouls. He had three, I think, in the first quarter. Um, he really was a non-factor in this game. But as soon as they took him out, they put in 
uh, at Davis, and they sort of reverse the game plan. Usually they go through their bigs and they and, and they run pick and rolls with with with, with their guards, uh, di- uh, looking looking to throw oops to their bigs, r- diving to the basket because they're athletic and they can um <clears throat> they can you know they, they can usually abuse a mismatch um, as they as they dive to the rim. Now they just reversed it today. They just said, okay, we're gonna get into our into the mid range area and squeeze off mid range jumpers, and that's what they did. And they did it all game long. Russell ten uh, had twenty six points. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie had eighteen points. Karis Levert had twenty three points. Their guards, who usually give the Sixers a lot of problems, they did exactly what they do, and they gave the Sixers problems. Um, the Sixers shouldn't should, should have adjusted better. They did not. But I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to overreact. It's one game. It's the first game of the series. The Sixers have played all of thirteen uh, as as as, a, as the starting five is currently constructed has only played <clears throat> twelve games together. Twelve games total. The Nets have been together for an entire season. They know each other's weaknesses and strong suits. They know how to read each other. They they know when to dive, when to pass. They know who's going to cut and win. They know where the sweet spot is for eat for each other. Sixers don't have that yet. And they're banking on being able to win because of talent in the first round, and that's okay because I think they they sh- they can do that. I think they can. Um, I think that I think talent wins out in the NBA, and they should be able to. They 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 shouldn't have a problem out talenting this team. The the Nets are deeper, but they really don't have any stars. The Sixers have four guys who could get you twenty five plus any given night. Even five with JJ Redick. The Nets have <clears throat> one guy who can get you twenty-five, and then two guys who can get you around twenty on on a good night. So I'm not worried yet. I'm worried because, if anything, the Sixers' defense has been was, was atrocious. The Nets were getting whatever they wanted in the mid-range. There was no one there to switch, put a hand up. Uh, to, to counter and make them make them go make the um make, with, the, with the counter move to make them re, rethink the play. There they, they was little rim protection without Embiid, and it, and it was um it was frustrating. And and the Sixers would make a run, but then the Nets would, would match them shot for shot because of the defense. And you can blame Brett Brown for that if you want. I I think you can to an extent. I also think that it just part of chemistry. It's part of understanding each other and how they're going to move. Anticipating what's going to happen with your teammate, knowing what he does, knowing what his limitations are. Um, I will say that I was really encouraged early on because J.J. Redick in the opening couple minutes was on the Angelo Russell. He got beat to the basket for a layup. Brett Brown immediately switched him on to Joe Harris, who is more of a knockdown standstill shooter. And it was a much better matchup Although Harris did hit three uh, three threes in the first quarter, it was still a better matchup than letting letting guards like uh, like Russell and Dinwiddie and Levert blow by him. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I was at the game and I, and I have very little voice left, so you're gonna have to deal with that all podcast long. I apologize, but Reddick, Redick, the, the huge issue is this, and and Brett Brown has to pick his poison. You either give him no shooting because you take Redick out of the rotation, or you let Redick stay in the rotation, and you have to put up with the fact that as soon as they sub in Dinwiddie or Levert, you can no longer just sick um, 
Reddick onto the, onto the weakest link. You can no longer just put him on um, Joe Harris. It doesn't work anymore. You're gonna have to live with the fact that he's gonna get torched and abused by the by whichever scoring guard you put on the court, because they're gonna just go to that guard and, and put and 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 um and manipulate Reddick into into being liability. That's what he is. Reddick's not a good defender. He's a minus defender at this point in his career. The problem with him now is that his shooting has gotten gotten to the point where he's not making enough shots to make it worth having him around. He's not. He shot one of four from three today, two of seven overall, had five points. He fouled out of the game in 23 minutes. Because that's the only way they can defend, by, by fouling. Now, I was perplexed by Brett Brown's rotations, mostly because um, he went with with Jonah Bolden so late in this game with five minutes, I think, left in the game. Um, he played Jonathan Simmons over Zaire Smith. Um, he played Boban over Greg Monroe. And Boban had a good game. But Boban can't keep up with anybody. They blow by him all the time. They make shots in his face all the time. I would have had uh, Monroe in there over Boban. I would have tried that at least. Secondly, the other, another issue is that Ben Simmons is going to get exposed in this series. Or any playoff series, really. Because the kid still can't shoot the ball. He still has no outside jump shot. And Sixers fans, you know, they, 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 want, they want to blame... Brett for everything, and and that's perfectly that they're 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 okay. They they can do that. That's their opinion. I am not going to do that because it's not Brett Brown's fault that Ben Simmons put in no work this summer and did his jump shot. You can't just have Brett Brown follow Ben to L.A. and the offseason monitors every move and say, "Hey, Ben, get in the gym now. Get in the gym now." It's up to Ben to go make improvement on his own. It's his job. It's his career. And if he wants to make max money and be all that and be the best player um, in the league, it's on him to go get a jump shot. But for now, Brett can only do what he can do with Ben Simmons. That includes playing him off the ball in the low post. Problem is that the Nets are kind of a big team, so you really don't have many mismatches. Um, but I will say this. I, he, he has to stop with the... Charge, charge, up the, charge up the middle of the floor and then stop on a dime at the free throw line and look to pass the ball off. Go to the rim hard. Go to the rim and throw it down their fucking throats. Make them foul you. I know you don't like to shoot free throws, Ben Simmons, but it's it's part of the game. If you're going to go 2 of 10, it's better than 0 of 4. It's not going to be pretty, but... What other option would you like to have? Let us know because we don't know what other option there is for you. Go to the basket and get the ball in the paint and throw it down. You're athletic. You're big. You're fast. There is no reason for you to only have nine points in 32 minutes on nine shots. There's no there's no reason for it. Another thing that Ben Simmons is that he turns the ball over a ton in the playoffs because they all know how to slow him down, and as soon as they do, he turns the ball over. I don't know what it is, but he but he had three crucial turnovers today late in this game. He um, it was a fast break that would have cut the lead to nine, and he just stopped on a dime and immediately threw the ball to somebody else. And it was intercepted and it was a turnover. And it was it's frustrating, but there's not much you can do with Ben Simmons at this point. There, what, what do you want him to do? What do you think he's just gonna come out? And make three or four jump shots, jump, 
jump shots a game in the playoffs. That's not how that works. You're going to have to take what you what you have in him now and make the best of it. If you want to not play the first overall pick who was an all-star this year, go for it. Be my guest. Answer the, and you have to answer the media about that. But that, that that that's what that's I mean that's what you have to do. Personally, this game in the fourth quarter, I would have benched Ben. I would have benched JJ. I would have put in um, Zaire, and I would have put in Mike Scott. That's probably what I would have done. Mike Scott didn't do anything really for the Sixers tonight. He had three points in 32 minutes on one of eight shooting, but. I mean, he gives you perimeter defense and the and, and a legitimate three point threat. From so, I, the, what, what can we tell you? Um, now, the question now becomes: Who is the bigger liability, Ben Simmons or JJ Redick? I think it's obviously JJ Redick. At least Ben can defend the ball. But the point is that let's not blame Ben Simmons so much for not showing up. <clears throat> when he gives you more on the other side of the ball than JJ does, and he and he outperformed JJ on offense today too. So interpret it how you might, however you want it, fit whatever narrative you want it to fit. That's what this, that's what we do in Philly. I'm not proud of it. That's what we do. Um, but another question I have is if it's Brett Brown's fault so much. Explain to me how Tobias Harris has four points in 41 minutes. That's one point every 10 minutes from a starter. He shot two of seven from the field, 0 of two from three, four points. That is the most asinine stat line I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't know what you can say to defend that. I don't know how you can explain that. I don't know how you can rip... Brett and Ben Simmons, but you just let Tobias fly. The, fa- the fact of the matter is that this. It's an ugly loss. Ugly losses ha- happen, but there's blame to go around. <clears throat> Brett Brown could have made better subs. He could have. There was one timeout that he didn't call that I thought he should have called. Ben Simmons had nine points in 32 minutes. An all-star. Tobias had four points in 41 minutes. J.J. had... Um, five points in 23 minutes. Three stars combined for 18 points. Embiid had 22, and Butler had 36. Butler was sensational. I think as the time goes by, we see more and more why he is a max player. And today, he was locked in on both ends of the court. He kept the Sixers in it for a long time. Eventually, he fatigued because he couldn't do it by himself anymore, and he started to miss shots. But he had an unbelievable game. Overall, and he was—he played the best defense I've seen out of him as a, uh, so far as a Sixer. But fact of the matter is this: the Sixers are more talented and more experienced. They gotta win Game Two. Game Two is a must-win because you can't go in the Brooklyn down 0-2. It's not gonna be a good. It's not gonna be good, especially since you've struggled there recent in recent years. But they're in a spot where they have enough talent to overcome this this loss. They might win four straight and, and shut up shut everybody up. They might win two and lose one then win two more. I don't know. But no matter what, I'm very confident the Sixers are gonna move on to the second round. And if they don't, then okay, sure, you can fire the coach because I, I don't see a situation where a three seed losing in the first round keeps his coach. I, I don't see that. Um 
it's a loss to shake off. And I think it's time as a fan base we sort of weather our, weather our expectations. Because keep in mind that this team has been put together, has been reconstructed uh, twice this season. Twice. They, they began the year with Robert Covington and Dario Saric in the starting lineup. They, they, they then got Jimmy Butler. They then got Tobias Harris and shipped off Wilson Chandler and Andrew Shamit. Cohesion is not a fake thing. Chemistry is not a fake thing. It's real. Talent and chemistry are extremely important in the playoffs. Right now, the Nets have a ton of chemistry, and they're playing and they play well together. And to them, this is just another game. To the Sixers, this is pressure. This is figuring this out on the fly. This is having. This is trying to find a way to work together to fit while also winning playoff games, and that's not easy to do. So do I think that there's a chance that they could lose in the first round? I do. If it were up to me, would I fire Brett Brown after a first-round loss? I would heavily consider it, but I don't know that I would do it 100% because he can't help the fact that this team hasn't played enough together yet. But they do have enough talent, so there's an argument both ways. Would I consider this, this season a complete and utter disappointment? No, because in the end, you need multiple stars to have a chance to win anything in this league. Game two is on Monday. It's, I think, 8 o'clock um, at night. Obviously, it's it's an enormous, enormous uh, game for the Sixers. Their season, in effect, in some ways, is on the line. Um, and we'll be back with post-game coverage following, hopefully, a win to tie the series up heading into Brooklyn. But for now, just enjoy a beer, brush it off. We'll be back on Monday. And what better way to enjoy the beer than to get it down quickly? Because as you know, the quicker you drink your beer, the faster you're going to get drunk. And there's no better way to, get fa- to drink a beer fast than with a shotgun. And if you like shotgunning beer, you should check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. There's also a tab puller, a vent puncher, and all fits on the keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. and Cobra at with the K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code TRESTACOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The fee to Embiid and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without written permission is prohibited. Copyright the fee to Embiid 2019. Sixers lose game one. 111 to 102. They'll be back for game for a pivotal game two on Monday, eight o'clock tip off on TNT. Back after the game with post game coverage. As always, thank you for tuning in. I'm Austin Krell. That's capital A capital K A Krell underscore Sports on Twitter. You can find me there. Um, enjoy your night, and we'll see you after hopefully a victory on Monday.